Greetings, this is J.R. Dickey. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. And by the way, don't forget our website, graceandtruth.net. I hope you're having a great day, but if not, hang with me. It's about to get better. Okay, today we're going to talk about a couple who attributes of our Father in Heaven. You might say, what in the world is a who attribute? Well, listen in and you'll find out. Let's get started. You know, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Colossians 3, 2. It says, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. But alas, Paul did not provide specifics. So I'm going to consider some of those things above that I would set my mind upon. First, I'd consider God Almighty, Father God, and some of his attributes. There are things like his love, holiness, patience or forgiveness, grace or kindness, and much, much more. First, let's take a quick look, because you can't be exhaustive, it's just too big, at his grace. You know, I have a complete set of the old Andy of Mayberry TV shows, and don't laugh, because the concept of down-home, friendly folks, to me, is just so appealing. Of course, that is a fantasy life. I know that. Reality is starkly different. People are not normally that kind to one another. Here, outside of Mayberry, we are much more inclined to be selfish, trying to get ahead of each other. Honest gestures of selfless kindness are so rare. I still remember the time when someone I didn't know in the car in front of me paid for my coffee. Well, that was, I guess, about a couple of years ago. But I remember it because such kindnesses are so infrequent and so appreciated. Of course, I'm not including rareness of general friendliness. Folks can and do find it in themselves to offer a friendly greeting or to ask how you're doing, but extending a genuine act of kindness to someone when it costs something is far less common. Such sacrificial acts of kindness, bestowing a blessing on someone, is a small, small part of the concept of grace. I say small because you have to extend it the notion that is much, much further. Grace is not simply kindness, but it's giving such kindness, such sacrificial charitability, giving it to someone unworthy, someone who has done nothing to earn or merit the reward. Perhaps, and maybe all the time, it's just the opposite. If you know the TV show I was talking about. It's like Andy, the Mayberry Sheriff, putting Otis, the town drunk, in jail overnight, night after night after night, and Aunt B bringing in her homemade breakfast for him morning after morning after morning. Clearly, Otis doesn't deserve it, but he accepts it delightedly. And when it comes to the grace that is a glorious attribute of our God, we still have much more to wrap our head around. God's grace was supremely manifested in the giving of his son's precious life to pay fully, completely, and forever 
our immeasurably huge debt of sin. Now, most of us don't get that. We're numb to the actual cost. That's why Peter wrote, quote, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is about to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As believers, we have all been granted this wonderful gift. The Bible says, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. That's Ephesians 4, 7. And it's been on God's mind for a long time. It says, God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. That's 2 Timothy 1.9. That's a, just amazing. Jesus came to save us and to show us this grace. Quote, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1.14 And experiencing this unmerited kindness from God, guess what? will continue throughout eternity. Here's his promise. But God, who is rich in mercy because his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. See Ephesians 2, 4-6. through God is eternally gracious, and I suspect we will spend eternity just letting that sink in. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you, through his poverty, might become rich. That is, his riches to rags, so to speak, became our rags to riches. You could say he really set the standard by doing the standard right before our eyes. That convicts me. Now let's consider next God's love. As we begin to consider God's attributes, we have to acknowledge our limitations. His attributes are themselves infinite. Thus we who are definitely finite cannot fully appreciate them, nor can we sufficiently describe them. Isaiah 55, 9 puts it this way, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. If you hadn't realized that, the heavens are infinitely higher than the earth. Jesus himself quoted what the Jews call the Shema when asked for the most important command in Scripture. It says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. It's Deuteronomy 6.5. 
This was and is considered by the Jews as the most single important scripture. However, it should be noted that as important as it is, guess what? We cannot initiate this commanded love. That's because we are not the source of this love. God himself is. 1 John 4.19, John wrote, We love him because he first loved us. And 1 John 4.10 says, In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. In other words, we can never obey this critical command to love God, the Shema, unless we first receive and acknowledge God's love for us. You know, in Eden, we learned from the serpent to doubt God's love for us. Believing his lies sent us spiraling away from God and into self-destruction. However, the good news is that believing in Jesus is believing again that God does love us. Interestingly, the Old Testament is filled with at least a couple dozen commands, like the Shema, for us to love God. But only a few that speak of God loving us. Conversely, the New Testament is filled with verses that express God's love toward us as, well, Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then there's Romans 8, 38 and 39 that says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And finally, there's also Ephesians 2, 4, but it says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us. Dot, dot, dot. Another example is this. When Paul prayed for the Ephesians, Ephesians 3, 17 through 19, he wrote that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God? Of course, God has always loved his children, and he demonstrated that countless times throughout the Old Testament. But the epitome of that endless, infinite love was and is expressed in the gift to us of his own son's life to take our places and pay for our transgressions. But guess what? It doesn't stop there. His love keeps on giving throughout eternity. For it says in 1 Corinthians 2.9, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. It just keeps going on and on. Now, the one thing that we all long for but rarely, if ever, experience is 
sincere, trustworthy, and enduring love. That's because people fail us. Mates, friends, children, at list is long. But knowing God, by definition, means knowing His love. John the Apostle wrote in 1 John 4.16, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. 1 John 4.8, rather. Now, 1 John 4.16, he says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. He who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Now, it has come to be in vogue, if you would, to assert love is God. But clearly, this is not at all the same thing, and yet another serpent lie. When you believe that, you by default allow for any trendy or politically correct definition of love, and thus your God. That, of course, subjugates your puny fantasy God to your own ideas and agenda. Of course, love is a relationship. And since God is eternal, it's a really long relationship. But truly, it's something that you will grow and grow and grow in forever. First believe, then receive, and keep on receiving and returning divine love. Of note, this is what I call a who attribute of God, as opposed to a what attribute. His amazing love speaks to who he is. So how do we recognize this love? We could go on into defining the three different words in Greek for love, but instead, let's consider Jesus. How did he show us God's love? The first thing that comes to mind is that he gave his life for us on the cross. That is the ultimate selfless sacrifice. Quote, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. John fifteen thirteen. In this selfless act, he not only suffered a terribly painful death, but he carried upon himself all the sins of humanity. A truly incomprehensible weight. Now, we are naturally so self-occupied that we, we cannot grasp the selfless love of our Creator. It is the polar opposite of our naturally evil hearts. But when we are truly saved, His love overflows in our heart, empowering wonderful acts of worship as the Holy Spirit embraces us children of the Most High, filling us with love light and love life, and in doing so grants us the power to recognize and return his love. What this means is that you can talk about, contemplate, ponder, discuss this who attribute of God forever, but you won't know it. That is, know God's attribute of love until you know him. You must establish an intimate relationship through his son Jesus. You see, grasping at least some of the what attributes of God, like his sovereignty or his triune nature, can be approached intellectually, but getting a handle on the who attributes, like love or grace, 
require actual relationship. It is this relationship, which, by the way, is also initiated by God, that allows us to know and be known by our Lord. When Jesus said, quote, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. See Matthew 7. These who will be barred from entering the kingdom of heaven will evidently know about God, but they never actually know God, and thus they cannot fulfill the Shema, Deuteronomy 6.5, to love God. You see, this attribute of God, love, this is the big one. Don't debate it. Don't just approach it intellectually. You know, the Pharisees themselves never got it. Sometimes contemporary seminarians don't either, sad to say. Come to God on his terms. Simple, humble faith. Ask him sincerely for forgiveness for all of the misdeeds of your life. Ask for faith to believe in the sacrificial death of his son, Jesus. Ask him to fill you with himself, with his love. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Now may the Lord grant you peace in the midst of any storm and faith to trust him. Look for our next podcast and may you realize more of his grace today.